Right. It's that time of year again. Yeah, so, um, I think we need to find ways to, um... Monetize? Monetize. Monetize. Indeed, yes, so yes. we capitalize on... That's not really any any less... Uh, benefit from the festive period. Yes. How do we extract capital from the festive period? How, well, we are obviously, as you know, in the business of making films. That we are, that we are. Oh, well, we're in the business of making money. The films are sort of second. Well, the films are a, a, a method to the end result. Yeah. So, so what I was thinking of, you know, we'll jam the two together and we could have... Uh, a film that's about the uh, true spirit uh, of, of Unicorn Dance Party. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you mean, like, the, the, the kicking a tyrant in the junk and then celebrating? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, the, the, the power of the collective to take meaningful action against injustice and protect those without the power to protect themselves. Oh, no, 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 not that, not that, no. <sighs> Are you looking for an excuse to sell toy unicorns to kids? Oh, yes, now you're getting it. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. I, I, I appear to have been caught by a unicorn as a warning to others. <laughs> Down with the capitalist oppressors! It's <laughs> really going to make an impact in my quarterly results. It's made an impact in your sternum. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer uh, queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, yeah. we, we, we catch up about the media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and just have a little silly catch up where we talk about our opinions of the stuff we've been we've been in, in putting in us. It's true. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm a sleepy little bean because I've been trying to jam all the work in so that I can have some time off over the UDP. Yeah, I mean, look, the, a sleepy little bean is our just general state of being True. on on recording nights, but like particularly so today. We're yeah. both we're both in heavy finish all of the work so we can take a bit of time off over the festive period mode, and that requires getting a bunch of stuff done so that we don't have to do it in the festive period and and sleepy making mm, sleepy making. But we have had a little bit of time to, you know, consume new bits of media. Oh no, not tasty media. What, what you been playing this week? Well, uh, we we've 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 been playing an big board game, or, or should I say we finished an big board game. Yes. So we've talked about Pandemic Legacy in the past. We have. Um, Pandemic is a board game about trying to stop diseases spreading around the world. Pandemic Legacy is the like story mode evolving board game version of that. And Pandemic Legacy Season Two. Is the sort of seventy years after the outbreak and and what happened to the world? Yeah, and we we've talked about this before, but like if if you've played Pandemic, Pandemic Legacy Season Two is basically the inverse of Pandemic. You are trying to get cubes onto places to stop them running out of re- uh, supplies supplying and resources. Supplies and, um, and such. And you start in the oceans with barely any of the land discovered, and you have to sort of explore your way inland to find out what's going on in the world. Yes, it's... and unravel a mystery. Yeah. Um, so we just finished playing through season two with some friends. Yes, and this is the second time we've done this. Yes, we played... So we played through together um, during the pandemic. Yeah, we, we played Pandemic Legacy season one, season two, and season zero all 
pretty close together in the the start of the pandemic. We've been about nine months. I yeah, think. but it's been our sort of ongoing replay game with some with some friends. So we've yeah. played it in two player, and now we've played it in four player. Yes. Uh Pandemic Legacy, and particularly season two, is much harder in four player. Oh yes. Just because if you spread everyone out, sure you can be in more places at once, but if the nearest person to a thing that needs fixing has just had their turn when like an emergency happens. You've got to wait three entire turns before it gets back to them. Oh, yes. And that is enough time for things to go very wrong. Also, for reasons we won't explain, this game does not have a direct flight action like you have in Base Pandemic. Yeah. So you can't just fly around the world. You've got to get on a sea lane and hope for the best. Yeah, it's... It's a very interesting one. This, like, we we've talked big picture thoughts about Pandemic Le- Legacy Season Two before, but we can we can talk about them again here. That game, compared to Base Pandemic or even just Season One of of Legacy, has a real push and pull of challenge. Mm. Um, in many ways, dictated by the fact that you need to explore more of the world to progress. But the more places you explore, the more places that you have to be micromanaging providing supplies to yeah you have you have as many su- because that's the thing about like um trying to put supplies onto the cube rather than take them off is you only have so many cubes to put on the board yep. meaning the more places you you connect up to the grid at least initially the more thin you're having to spread your resources and the less chance you have to go i'm just going to stockpile a bunch of things here and just not think about it for a minute it's like i don't really have the spare resources to do that yep um, and I think the game, like, not necessarily that mechanic all the time, but it does a good job of, like, introducing challenges that, like, really stretch you thin and then giving you tools to, like, okay, we're back in control a little bit. Oh, a new thing is stretching us to our limits. It's, yeah. it's got a good f- I think it's, I think it's really well balanced. It's It's got the same mechanic as, as the first one had of if you've done really well in a given month, you are going to have less funding than you had the month before. Like, the narrative reasons are different, but, like... That is basically like, hey, previously you had four really nice things in the deck that were going to help you out. Now you've got two. Oh, you're doing super well. Now you have none. Yeah. And I think that does a really good job of balancing out difficulty. Yes. In our four-player game, it's not exactly the case, but like it was a pretty even spread of... When we had four things to help us in a mission, that was probably enough for us to win it. When we went down to two, that was usually not quite enough for us to win it. Yes. Like it, it kept us teetering on like just enough little help to, to 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 make it through the mission. Yes, but we still managed to get the third best possible ending. We did. We we didn't do terribly. We had some some rough wobbly spots, but we were in we were in the 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 middling we we didn't drop into the bad section of uh Indeed. end results of the narrative so yeah. that's something considering what a bad time we had i think i think we did really well like some of it was just entirely luck based but yeah. we still still managed to work around that with the fact that all of us have played enough of the game and it helps that it being a whole different game to base pandemic that it it does go here is a prologue game we're just going to give you a feel for how the game works. There's not going to be any um, like permanent changes to the board. There's mm. not going to be any permanent differences. But here's like a, just a prologue game. Just see how well you do. And I, I think that is very necessary, especially because I think we played that through, what, twice, three times at the start mm. of our campaign? Because we were not getting the pacing yeah. quite right. Yeah, we, we needed as a group to get into that vibe of 
how spread apart we needed to be for the level of ability we had. Because mm. I think at least part of that comes from, you know, you finish, like, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 with your, like, specked out character that has all of their, like, abilities and whatever, mm -hmm. and then you start a new uh, campaign and go, oh, I suddenly can't do quite as much as I could, and yeah, I'm I having think to think about it in a very different way. And, like, there there's, there's things that take some resetting i think yeah oh also i just think it is a very different mindset to base pandemic which yes. i think is a, a perfect thing for being like it's a sequel you can very much feel the pandemic core in there mm. but it's not it is is different enough yeah like there, there's i've been thinking about season two a bit and like some of the design choices there's definitely additional elements you wouldn't think about like uh this is one that was sticking in my head in season two, because you're having to put cubes onto places to keep them safe rather than take them off, sometimes there will be places with no cubes on them. But that could be for a couple of reasons. It might be that you've done something to make that place not in danger anymore, or it could still be in danger and you need to get over there and put cubes on it. Which means you have to start mentally cataloguing and remembering which places with no cubes on are which, and like things like that are just additional things to track that weren't factors in Season 1 yeah. that do change how you have to play it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it it does a good job of also that whole thing in um, Base Pandemic of like, oh, I can afford an outbreak or I can f afford a couple of outbreaks. Mm. And it feels like, despite the fact that outbreaks work very differently in this, mm. that actually they're a lot worse in Season 2. Because yeah. if the same thing comes up multiple times, you can end up getting, like, seriously plagued areas yes. very, very quickly. The the long-term consequences for a place um, outbreaking a few times, uh, it's not just this place isn't useful to you anymore. It's this place is actively hazardous, and even if you, like, get it back into usability, it is permanently a bit worse now. Yes. And that really does change the the balance a bit. Yeah, you have to be... You're, you're less willing to go, oh, it doesn't matter if we get one outbreak in that place. Because potentially, if if it didn't have a, a high enough population, you are making things just so much worse and so much more expensive to fix. Yeah. Assuming you don't just go, that well, that place is a write-off. Yep. And I will say of this, what 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 I uh, what I th thought of it when we played it ourselves back in back back during the the first lockdown, I really like how custom the map feels at the end mm. because of the fact that you are deciding which places to connect up and how to connect them, and you know some some places. Oh, I drew a line between those two places, so this place I like physically can't connect up like that anymore. And yeah, uh, ooh, I, I remember at one point there was um, a route we were talking about going. This is going to be super helpful if we can just draw this route from here to here. Um, and I think it's the route across Africa. It's yeah, from, uh, is it like Kinshasa to Dar es Salaam? Yeah, I think it was Kinshasa to um to uh, Johannesburg. And then we could have made like a, a diamond shape that would have gone out from, from, uh, connected either of those to Dar es Salaam and Lagos. And we could have made the in whole a, in thing. In an absolute panic, we were like, we can't, we, we have to get straight to Joburg. We, we had a, I think we had a mission that was about to fail and like, it, it would have been our second failure of that month. Yeah. And it's like, we, we just need to connect somewhere to the grid. Uh, Joburg, connect it, go. Uh, it, it, we need Joburg on the grid, do it. Yeah. Um, and like, those kind of choices that you get forced into in, like, the desperate moments have really interesting ripples on 
how you end up designing later choices and yeah, it, it it feels very, very custom by the end, and that's nice. There's a couple of other things I like in there that really feel like little comments on colonialism that are, like, snarky in the right uh. way. Like, I'd, I'm not going to do spoilers for anything later than this, but the fact that, uh, like, the, the African continent and um, South America yeah. are all uh, yellow-coloured. Yep. Except for Johannesburg, which is blue. <laughs> yes, which is the same colour as, as uh, most um, of Europe. Um well no, like well, um yeah, like I guess It's Europe, North America. Western Europe, North America. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, <laughs> it, it feels very, very pointed. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I had a very good time playing through it again yeah. and and I I continue to really like where the narrative goes in its last few months of missions. Yeah, it's got some big reveals in it. It's got some things that, like, as as long as you're still fresh in the mind from having played the first one. But I I think there is enough in there that you could very much play it as a standalone thing. (laughs) Smudge has come to visit the recording. She has. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to the people? No, she just wants to curl up and be comfy, I think. curl up and be comfy and, and maybe some dreamies. Um, yeah, that that's Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Yeah, what else have you played? Uh, we played another thing together. Oh, we did. We started playing through the new DLC for Vampire Survivors. I'd say we made a fairly good chunk in that DLC. Yeah, yeah, it's an Emergency Meeting, I believe it's called. I think that's what it's called. Uh, it's the Among Us-themed DLC for Vampire Survivors. Yeah, it's um, great. Yeah, so we played through, um... We played a bunch of, of gameplay on the new level, uh, enough to unlock all the, the new characters, all their new weapons, and do, like, the, uh, the unlocks on the main save file. Mm-hmm. There is an adventures mode. Uh, we played, like, the first mission of it. We've not gone through the rest of adventures. Uh, but we, we put a solid, a solid amount of time into playing around with the new characters. Yeah, I, I think we made a good chunk through the uh, adventure, didn't we? Didn't we I think like we only did, I think we only did the first Anyone. mission on that. But to be fair, we had like spent four hours doing we did, all the yeah. unlo- other unlocks. So we, we played around with all of the new characters and all the new weapons. There are, uh, there's, there's one, should we talk about the map first? Yes. Um, so there's a new map and it's themed after, uh, one of the earlier uh, Among Us maps that was designed. It's one um, on the, I think it's like a space base or an Arctic base. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's on snow a, people. I think it's and... on like a moon or something. But you've got like multiple buildings you can go in and out of and like be in the vacuum of space pit. between them. Yeah. Um, I really like this map. Yeah, it's really good. It, it it really does a good job of differentiating itself from all the other maps because you've got other maps that like have little buildings to go into, but they're mm-hmm. usually just for. I want the item that's in there. That's that's all I would really go in the buildings for. Yeah. These buildings are a lot more intricately maze-like, and there is a conceit on this level that forces you to engage with these buildings. Yes. Which is when emergencies Missions. start going off, yeah. um, much like in Among Us when like the the um the intruder can make bad things happen and you have to run around the ship fixing things. Sometimes an alarm will go off and you just have to run to where it's it's going off and press a button to... Press the button because the space of vinegar, smell of vinegar The space smells of vinegar and things are on fire. Go fix fix it. Mm. Space tourists are trying to do things. Kick them out. It does a good job of, like, really putting some panic in you quick. It does, but we've... I think we found that, like, for the most part, there is just enough time to get there even if you take, like, a couple of... Yeah, steps. It, it, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but like it, it's one of those things where, depending on how your build 
how how ready your build is, you might just have to run through some crowds and hope a couple of times. Yes, not try this in solo yet, but there like yeah. it has been a good case for like okay, we get awake as our arcana, and yes. if, if that first um, emergency goes off. We just leg it through the thing, die yes. a few times if we have to, yeah. and just get there. Give ourselves a few revives so we can afford a couple of deaths sprinting at those um, emergencies. Yes. But yeah, the the having to work out where the entrance to a building is and like whistle your way through to find uh, that button. Especially before you get the map. Yes. Um, and also, we'll talk about some of the characters that can kind of play around with that mechanic in a minute. But yeah, it it, it is a nice thing that like, Feels in in keeping with Among Us mm-hmm. and uh, definitely differentiates the map out. Yes, I like that the buildings are like large enough interiors that you have some room to maneuver in them. Yeah, like you can do some like general swarm fighting in there. Yeah, and still like have space to wander around. They don't feel super constrained, but also like there isn't enough maziness that. There is one spot that we kept going the wrong way on and yes. always ended up like stuck between two buildings. Like, yeah. Ah. I also really like the enemy variety. There are so yeah. many there's so many fucking new enemy types on this level. Yes, and lots of little callbacks to sort of random sci-fi franchises. Yeah, a past. lot a lot of space sci-fi references that yes. are really nice to see. It really feels like they've ramped up like the density of enemies as well. Like by the end of these runs, it it is ridiculous trying to see what's going on. And... I mean, to be fair, mm. I don't know what it would look like if you didn't have, say, charm and... Um, yeah, but... Uh, and curse. And in the care... <sighs> like, I think in most of those runs we were picking up Torna's box, so that's also yeah. a curse. But I mean, item. as someone who's recently been playing runs with those things on full with Torna's box, like, other levels... Maybe it's just me. Other levels didn't feel quite this busy. Mm. Um, but again, it's a it's a DLC level, a few DLCs in. If it's a bit busier, I don't mind that. Oh, no, 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 definitely. Um, it's nice to have that bit of challenge. Yeah, so uh, there's a bunch of new characters. Uh, I believe there's characters? nine? Yeah. Yes. And uh, without digging into like every single one specifically, um, overview thoughts... A lot of the new weapons evolve using new accessories, which are little mini versions of, of the, the, the crewmates. Yeah, like your little um, pets that you have in, in actual Among Us. Yeah, and generally speaking, if you're playing with the new characters, the mini character you need to find to evolve your starting weapon will be the colour match for the, the, the character you're playing. So as red, the mini red one will evolve your starting weapon as red, for example. Yes. One thing that's really different about these evolutions is the the accessory, the mini crewmate, disappears upon weapon evolution. Yes, which is really interesting for, like, I, I want to get certain things in order to level something up, but if I end up with space later on, by virtue yeah. of the fact that that crewmate might vanish once, or will vanish once it's evolved... Means yeah. I've got maybe an extra space to maybe squeeze more things in later on. Indeed, it it's got a similar but different vibe to when you evolve like the the two guns and they condense into one yes. weapon slot or the whips. Yeah, it's it's that sort of vibe, but with making space in the accessory row, which mm-hmm. isn't really something they've played around with before. And I I, I kind of yeah. like that as a mechanic. Yeah. Um, I also really like the way they've added features from Among Us into mm. this. So. 
Like the the first character you start with is like the red crewmate. Yeah. And they've got the um uh, the little, megaphone. Yeah, they've got a little megaphone to be like, ah, it's emergency, pay attention. But later on you've got the is it uh not the scientist, the engineer who's yeah. got the swipe card. Yes. It's like trying to do a little swipe swipe. And it's bouncing back and forth because it's really hard to, to get the swipe card to read, right? Yeah, and the higher the higher the level it goes, it's more like swipe, yeah. swipe, 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 come, 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 come. Yeah. And to talk about like one evolution, that megaphone when it evolves becomes the emergency meeting button. Yes, and you start getting a little roulette on screen of like which of these four uh, these enemy types is the imposter, and one enemy type currently on screen will get wiped out, kind of like the pentagram. Which is funny when you actually start to get imposters, <laughs> and the imposter isn't the imposter, or even you are playing as the character the imposter. <laughs> yeah, uh, the imposter. Uh, there's an imposter character That's that the has sharp like tongue. yeah, has a bunch of a bunch of tentacle tongues that will come out and stab things. Yes, which looks great when you've got it at full level plus Gemini. Uh, there's a couple of characters characters that can fly through walls. Well, they're ghosts. Um, yeah, they, well, there is, there is the ghost, I believe, is one of them, and yes. there's another one that is kind of a ghost still and can go through walls. Like Spectre or, um, or something? Yeah, something like that. And those are interesting for getting the, um, uh, those little emergency buttons you have to hit because they yes. can just float through a wall rather than doing the long route round. It was great in team up just to go like, ah, I can't work out. We we don't have quite enough time to get yeah. around this thing. Okay, I'll stand as close to the yeah. wall as possible. You float through and get oh, the thing. We, we didn't talk a thing about uh, about a thing about the level. If you successfully do the emergency before the time runs out, you are guaranteed to get a, ch- a treasure point chest. Point. That, that is five rewards. Yes. And even if it's not ten minutes yet, if you are ready for a weapon evolution, you can get a weapon evolution in that box. Which we found out on our first run when you got your first evolution at one minute 36. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it is a nice mechanic. But yeah, every, everything they've done in this feels like very, very lovingly made. Yes. You know, there's a, there's a, there's one or two characters where I'm like, I still don't un- entirely understand how your mechanic works, and I need to like find other people who've worked out. I'll exactly give it a week and on. see what the wiki says. But yeah, yeah. like Ghost, especially because yeah. the whole thing is Ghost doesn't do any damage, can't be hit, but uh, and and as soon as thirty minutes hit, that whole can't be hit thing wears off, and you just instantly die. Yes, but in co-op, the Ghost was interesting because. You you could use them for things that weren't directly damage dealing, so like healing stuff, sometimes being able to heal or increase the stats on the other player yes. if you stuck near to them. Things like the clock lancet that freeze enemies in place still work. There are things you can do, and in co-op, you being invincible meant no matter how many times your other person went down, they'd always pop up out the coffin because you're still there to revive them. And there do seem to be things going on with regards to passing skills yeah we we, we're not certain this is the case but our current theory is some of the equipment you give the ghost in one run will come back the next time you use the ghost and be mario kart ghost yeah so like we we had a like the first time i used the ghost i had like garlic and the clock lancet on it and then the next time we used the ghost one of us had garlic uh, effect happening despite not having garlic equipped yes. and one of us was doing clock lancet without having clock lancet equipped yes so it it seems like maybe it's you build up a build on it on one run and the next run th- that that set of things will kick off again but also there seemed to be a whole thing where like in the first because in that first run you had garlic mm. and i stood near you for a little while and eventually i ended up with a garlic effect around me like yeah. much smaller than yours but like i don't I don't know what happened or how that got there because I definitely didn't have garlic. Yeah, so uh, that that one character in particular, 
I I still don't know. And there's one character whose starting weapon, I guess, doesn't evolve, but the game sort of signposted in a way as if their starting weapon was going to evolve. I'm thinking of the horse. You could get mini horse, horse. but that didn't evolve horse weapon, which was hats. Horse. It throws cosmetic hats. At incredible speed. At incredible speed. Ghost with hats is hilarious. Ghost with hats is hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it, th- this DLC is really charming. Yeah. And I, I'm always dubious of like tie-in DLC for other properties, but this one I think really works. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Really enjoying it. I am looking forward to having unlocked everything, going through a little bit, and uh, seeing what those characters are like in other places. Because obviously, yeah. On on the on the map that it comes with this DLC, all of the uh, little uh, companions are available just lying around the level. Yeah. How is that going to be for just finding them when you're in in other places? Yeah. I don't know if there's like um any waiting to the way the pool is of like you know, mm. maybe there is more chance of of finding the things you need or not. Is it entirely yeah. random? Yes, I I want to play around with it more, but we we largely stuck to the new map just to get a sense of it and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this game continues to get little morsels of additional content and I'm super okay with yeah. that. Also, it seems to, like, it's it's done the thing that the um, normal adventures have done. Because that level we played in Adventure was very different to any other map. Yeah, so what, what I, from best I could tell, it was part of, it was partly designed on the the uh, the new map. Yeah, but you're using the, some of the same uh, assets. Yeah, they changed a lot of the lighting and, like, added an additional sort of room space to the end of a corridor. But, like... Yeah, they clearly put some theming into into any assets they did reuse. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, mm. What about you? What else you played this week? Uh, well, I did a little bit of solo board gaming. Ooh. Yeah, I say board gaming. Map map gaming. I mm. uh, played some Micro Macro Crime City All In. Mm. Uh, so this is... Um, I was going to say Where's Wally, but there's no colour, so guess more hidden folks. You get a large map... Of uh, a city that's, I'm gonna say it's what meter and a half, maybe. That feels about right. It's it's a big ass fucking map. Like it covers most of our living room table. You have this this huge map. It's all black and white. It's very intricately designed. Um, but the whole concept is you're given these cards which have like a a, a crime to try and solve. Hmm. And the the concept is like, hey, find this thing on the map. Like here is a person. Uh, they've lost their hat. Hmm. Uh, they work at the donut stall near the race course. So it's like, mm. okay, I can find the race course down here. Here's the donut shop. Okay, I can see that person. They've got their hat. Okay. And then you, like, f- try and work out which way they're moving based mm. on that. And they will be, like, l- moving through time as you sort of scan across the uh, mm. the board, uh, across the, the map. So you'll see sort of, like, future events... And it's fascinatingly tied together as well as you sort of go through mm. the story. Like, hang on, I passed this earlier while I was solving an entirely different crime. <laughs> um, it's that guy. Like, so the, the first mission is very simple. It's like, okay, so he left work. He still had his hat on. Mm. He went through uh, this park. He still had his hat on. Okay, now, whoa, hang on. He's gone out the other side of the park and his hat's gone. Mm. So look around in the park... Aha, there is some small goblin children yeah. uh, with a bow and arrow, and they apparently shot the hat off his head. 
<laughs> stole it and ran off. And then it's like, okay, now follow the kids. Where did the kids go? <laughs> what did they do with the hats? And where are they now? Yeah. Um, and it's like that. That's basically the the um, intro mission, mm. and it fairly quickly ramps up. Like I think, like the third or fourth mission is this person um, has collapsed in the street. Mm. What's the story there? And it's like, oh, okay. Well, they were having dinner with the family. Well, where's the rest of the family? Oh, I found them at the race course, funnily enough, and they yeah. don't look too good either, for the most part. Okay, so maybe it was something they ate. Okay, they were having a barbecue in the back garden. What was everyone eating? Okay, well, you were having a carrot, and you're still okay, so probably wasn't the carrot. You weren't having anything. You seemed like you were just having some milk, so you... Again, don't think it was you. Everyone else is eating this one thing off the barbecue. Okay, well, let's follow the dad character <laughs> back through his journey through town to find out where he got the food, what happened to the food, and how the food became poisoned. Uh-huh! And, like, that journey takes you across a good half of the map. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's you do feel quite cool just, like, um... Solving all these mysteries. Yeah. Um, it's it's also quite interesting. They're like, hey, if you're finding these a bit easy, you can just do a super hard mission where you just go, here is the basically the thing. Like, you find your starting point and, like, if there's a person falling over or um, um, a mummy rampaging through the museum, what is the story behind that? Track it down yourself. Try and work it out without any of the clues. Yeah. And... I think that's quite fascinating. Yeah. They say, like, hey, when you've finished all... I think there's, like, 15 quests or something like this yeah. in, in, in the box. Mount it up on a wall. And then if you ever have some free time to kill while someone's waiting around at your house, just go, hey, just pick a card and we'll do a mystery quickly. Yeah. Just do a quick mystery. So one thing Yeah. while we stand here. And that's quite a cool idea because a lot of those games, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, we finished, we did all the things... Do we pass it on? Mm. It's still quite a nice thing to look at, although I don't think we have the wall space <laughs> to, to hang up something that big. But, like, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. I look forward to, to getting some time to do more, and I hope we will get to play together at some point yeah. as well when we have some free time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Micro, Mati, Ma Micro Macro Crime City All In, which I think is the third one in the series. Mm. And, uh, else, apparently... You don't need to have played any of the previous ones, but if you have played the previous ones, you might be like, hey, it's that person. Mm. I know some of their story. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun old game that is a good spin on the Where's Wally yeah. books, I guess. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, I've been playing the new DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. What? The second part of the DLC. The, the Indigo the, Disc. The Indigo Disc, or as I incorrectly called it when streaming it the other day, the Indigo Mask, because the first half was called the Teal Mask. And I was like, colour and object, that's correct. So this second part of the DLC takes place in like a big terrarium underwater where there is a big environment that's split into four quadrants that are like the savannah biome and the polar biome and the coastal biome and all of these have different kinds of Pokemon to find in them. And it's pretty nice having these like nicely laid out environments that are just like 
Look, here's the clear dividing lines. If you're looking for a, you know, a Pokemon of a certain type, you're going to find it in its in its zone, probably. Um, if you're looking for a wet friend, it's probably in the water. Exactly. But they've done a good job of, like, bringing back a lot of old Pokemon in... Uh, using this as an excuse. So using, like, ah, we've got the coastal biome with sort of, like, water and sand and plants near each other. That's a good place for some Alolan variants of Pokemon yeah. and things like that. I was like, hey, I know Alolan Executor. Yeah, it's got the long neck and everything. The new DLC doesn't have a huge number of, like, completely new Pokemon. Um, It brings back a lot of Pokemon from past gens that hadn't previously made the cut. The new Pokemon that are there are pretty interesting. It adds some really good quality of life changes that I would love to have had in the base game. <laughs> if I were to replay the base game at some point, I would really like to be able to just have these quality of life things. Uh, such as being able to have your little dragon motorcycle Pokemon just fly rather than glide and then suddenly lose momentum and crash to the ground. I could just fly sometimes and that'd be nice. And the ability to terrestrialize like, once per battle, not having to pop back to the Pokemon Center between every single time, which is good, because now there are little side quests to do to earn little points to unlock things, and sometimes those quests are terrestrialized to beat a Pokemon in a battle, and I don't want to have to run back to the Pokemon Center every single time that quest comes up. Mm. Um, I... I won't talk much about the plot of this. Um, I think they do a good job of following up on a plot thread from the first DLC and doing some interesting characterization with that. Mm-hmm. I think that the the sort of big grand finale of the, the narrative does some interesting unexpected things that I, I, I was quite quite amused by. Mm-hmm. I think uh, by by the time that like this, this goes up, the DLC will have been out for a little bit, so I feel like I can talk about one mechanical thing uh, that, that, that gets unlocked towards the end of this. And and skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to know, I suppose. But um, there is a new Pokemon type that you can terrestrialize into called Stellar type. And what that basically means is you can turn your Pokemon into every single type at once. Kind of. So, terrestrializing, for anyone unaware, uh, is a mechanic in Scarlet and Violet where, let's say you have a Squirtle. Normally it's a water type. Uh, it will also have something now called a terror type. Uh, let's say uh, Squirtle's terror type is fire. Squirtle is normally a water type, but if you terrestrialize it, it will gain the uh, offensive and defensive benefits of being a fire type. What it is weak to will change. If it somehow had a fire move on its uh, move list, that would do damage as if like it was the right type to use it. Doesn't it say um, terrestrialized for like a, a certain period? Certain uh, terms, so you can only terrestrialize once in a battle, and they will stay terrestrialized basically unless they get knocked out. Okay. So like people sometimes use this defensively to be like, um, oh, I think you're about to attack my Squirtle with an electric type move. I'll terrestrialize into fire, and then I won't be you know super weak to your electricity anymore. Things like that. Mm-hmm. This new terror type uh, doesn't change your defensive typing. So defensively, if I had a, a, a Squirtle that was stellar terror type and I terrestrialized it, it would still be weak to electric attacks. It would still be a water type in terms of weakness. But every type of attack it has would be um, boosted as if it was like, um, you know, the, the right type to be using it once. Uh, so if you had a Pokemon that had, say, like uh, two water attacks, a fire attack and a grass attack, once it's terrestrialized into this new stellar type, the first fire attack it does would be 1.5 times damage. 
The first grass-type attack it did would be 1.5 times damage. The first water-type attack would be boosted damage, but not the second water-type attack. Mm. It's You get basically, like, one increased damage ammunition per type of attack you have. Okay, so it's um, not going to completely wreck the meta. Yeah, so the way that it, like, it, it goes in the meta is... It doesn't defensively terastalize you, which is the way that most people use terastalization is mm. to defensively, like, shore up a weakness that they're, they're up against. So it doesn't have that benefit, but it is very flexible offensively. If you've got a Pokemon that has four different types of move on it, and depending on what you're up against, like, you, you would like that flexibility of, um, I don't have to, to just pick one offensive terror type to do extra damage. I can have a little bit of everything offensively, and I Would can... Would you like to glaze your cannon? Yeah, it's it's going to be useful for certain kinds of Pokemon to be able to, like, g- have that little extra damage to do, like, a big party sweep on, like, a few different types in a row. Mm. It's certainly not going to be, like, a universally overpowered mechanic, I don't think, but I, I think people are going to find really interesting ways to use it. Mm. Um some See, good music in there as well. Oh yeah, there's there's some like naught naught to a hundred like suddenly it's going kind of battle oh, yeah. themes. But yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm currently going through doing a bunch of shiny hunting. Finish the story, still going. Yeah, finish the finish. It's usually the, a good sign. I right? finished the story. I've got a bunch of shiny hunting that I'm doing. I have a bunch of legendaries to go find and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm ha- enjoying having another excuse to jump back into into Pokemon, and it's it's been fun. And to pick up some of those shinies that weren't previously available. In yeah, I now have uh, a Trumbeak, the shiny uh, bird that its nose becomes a, pr- a bi pride flag when it's shiny. It's, yeah. it's very good. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? No, that's it for me. Uh, I think that's it for me, really. Well then, <gasps> time for this. I am so great, I am so great, I am so great, everybody wants to get on threads. Come on threads, everybody get on threads. Threads, 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 threads. and now I will federate with all of Mastodon. Uh, Hello. Uh, uh, hi. Hello. Hi, threads. Hello. Hi, threads. Hi, I will federate with all of you now. Well, I am yeah. welcoming you to Mastodon. Everyone come say hello to me. Mm. I will just just come peek into the... No, the mas- no. No, what, what, oh. no, we're quite enjoying not being a meta product. Thank but, you. But we'll federate. But, well, well, okay, what about you? Will you federate with me? And you can... And uh, all of the threads. Yeah, come on, come on, come um, on. Yeah, this is I what... I see you've got some users in there and some... Dum, dum, yeah, dum, and dum, your, dum. Uh, what, Instagram with text only and no web client? That's about right. Threads, 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 threads. New from Meta. Okay, I will give you a Meta Quest 2 headset if I can have some of the people data for unfederated yeah, no, no thank you uh, d- no, is you can do virtual realities with your meta and account you don't even need a facebook account anymore you can just have a meta account and then i mean just mm, tasty eye data mm, mm, yeah mm, no mm. we'll keep our data over here thanks Aww. What about, well, no, I won't know, I'm federated with me. You're not no really, bad. you're not really the federated type. No, I am, I'm open source and friendly, I just want to be everyone's neighbor. 
I am so great, I am so great, I am so great, everybody wants to get on threads, come on threads everybody, get on threads, 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 threads. and now I will federate with all of Mastodon. Hello. Uh, uh, mm, mm, hi. Hello. Hi, Threads. Hello. Hi, Threads. Hi, I will federate with all of you now. Well, I am yeah. welcoming to Mastodon. Everyone come say hello to me. Mm. I will just just come peek into the... No, the mas- no. No, what, what, oh. no, we're quite enjoying not being... A meta product, thank but, you. But we'll federate. Well, 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 okay, what about you? Will you federate with me? And you can, and um, uh, all of the threads. Yeah, come on, come on, come um, on. Yeah, this is I what... I see you've got some users in there and some... Dum, dum, yeah, and your, uh, what, Instagram with text only and no web client? That's about right. Threads, 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 threads. New from meta. Okay, I will give you a MetaQuest 2 headset if I can have some of the people data for unfederated. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. You can do virtual realities with your Meta and account. You don't even need a Facebook account anymore. You can just have a Meta account and then I can just mm, taste the eye data. Nom, 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 yeah, nom, nom. no, we'll keep our data over here, thanks. Aww. What about, well, no, I won't know, I'm away with me. You're not no really, bad. you're not really the federated type. No, I am, I'm open source and friendly, I just want to be everyone's neighbor. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Not a lot this week. Big thing. It's, it's been a big work week and therefore not a lot of watching week. Also, um, like, we, we... We went out with people. So. We, we went. We went and played board games with people, and then came home and played a lot of, of Vampire Survivors Emergency Meeting. So yes. uh, we did both watch the first episode of a new Dropout show. We did. Uh, very important people. Yes. So the premise is someone gets put into makeup and an outfit without much warning, and has a little bit of time to work out what what character they now are. And they will get interviewed on a on a talk show. Yes. That is basically the premise. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept for, ah, I've suddenly got to improv this whole person out of some makeup that I was sort of surprised put into yeah. um, while I was blindfolded. And here are some props we're going to like place in front of you and suddenly they have to be relevant. Yes, and seemingly in that first episode, hey, we're going to pop out some more props that you haven't even seen yeah. and we're just going to sort of make you work on that yourself. It It, it is a showcase of, 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 of improv talent in terms of... How much can you yes and with this other person and, like, build a whole little world? Yes. And I think Vic Michaelis, who is the the, uh, the, the host, the interviewer, does a very good job of uh, wrangling, but not steering. Yes, which, considering that Vic is usually one of the most chaotic people to appear on things like Make Some Noise... Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting position for them to be in. Yeah, they, they, they did a good job of providing, like... Just enough framework to, like, go, you said a thing, let's play in that space for a minute, mm. but to leave room to go, oh, you just said something wild, okay, I'm happy to throw that out the window when we can latch onto this for a minute. Yes, but also, there there does feel like there's more going on, like, maybe this is going to end up with some weird meta plot outside of the characters, 
because like the whole thing uh, like the, the the graphic style is very like 1970s mm. the lighting is kind of off for that kind of show yeah um that like the the way they use like uh really earthy tones has got very 1970s vibes there's, as well there's something a little unreality about it all yes a bit out of time and weird and 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 maybe that is explained just by this is a talk show in a reality we do not inhabit and and that's sort of maybe where it's going but i get what you mean about uh, yeah. the, the slight unreality of it all. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I I look forward to to seeing more of it and and how other folks will will present yeah. their characters. It's the thing that I think struck me about it is there's a lot of good uh, improv content on Dropout that is playing around in the space and being a bit silly, and everyone knows we're doing a joke with improving a character or a scene, mm. and eventually someone will crack and laugh, and we hit the buzzer and move on to the next question. Yes, it's nice to see like. No, no, no. You've you, got this for half an hour. You, you've got this for half an hour. If you, if you like, laugh and like lose, lose the thing. No, we, you need, you need to. That's part of that character. Now. Yeah, you need to hold on to this for half an hour. You need to, you need like, don't, don't blow everything in the first five minutes. You've got to have half an hour of character here. Yep. And that is a very different kind of improv skill. Yeah. Uh, to see flexed. Yeah, like as as someone who's tried to do like weird improv stuff a few times. Bizarrely, sometimes the, the longer I've had to keep it going, the funnier it's got. Yeah, because you have that space to like settle into normalcy just long enough for people to take it for granted, so that when it spikes again, it catches, it can catch off guard. Yeah, I once did a uh, a quote unquote let's play of Spider Solitaire. Oh. Um, in character as Mandy Wise from Stone Monkey Radio. Yeah. Which just got weird because at one point she starts talking about biting the lid off a tin can. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't know where that bubbled up from my psyche, but I had to keep filling space for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, very important people enjoyed the first episode. It, I, it's another interesting dropout show I am intrigued by. Yes. Although, speaking of Dropout, we also watched the new Make Some Noise. Yes, this was the, I believe, the season finale for oh, this my. season. Um, yes. so this was, we had uh, Josh again, Zaki, and uh, uh, Brennan. Brennan. Yeah, the the original uh, Noise Boys. Noise Boys. Uh, who all have very specific things they are good at doing in improv, and I yes. understand why that trio gets brought back as frequently as they do. They have great interplay with each other yes they they know their their lane and they know how to play off each other it's the most wholesome form of boys will be boys yes they're just like yeah we're just gonna be as silly as possible and escalate and play off each other i uh, (laughs) i've i've never seen a person milk give me seven cute farts for as long as i did in this episode and i mean yep no you you kept the gag going very well you did not first farts yeah, yeah. Um, someone, I, I, I'm going to assume the number's now one higher because uh, very important people's just started airing. Someone, I saw someone say last week, Dropout only has seven original shows, which would now be eight. And I'm like, I guess that's right. I hadn't really stopped to think about it. But it's like Dimension Break, Twenty, Breaking News, Yep, Game Changers, um, Make Some Noise, Play It by Ear. That's that's five right there. Uh, what's the um the survivor one? Oh well, that that was in Game Changer, wasn't it? Originally, um, 
But why was it? Is it the season finale thing? I think it was the season finale of Game Changer, the Survivor one. But yeah, they for for a for a service that has a relatively limited number of shows, they do a really good job of feeling like they have a good amount of content coming mm. out. So I'm I'm consistently impressed at how well they have paced the number of shows they have, and like one season ends as a season of something new starts. There's always there's always something airing on on the weekly. Yeah. Oh, Dirty Laundry. Oh yes, Dirty Laundry. Yes, that's six. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven or eight really doesn't feel that that far off. But oh, no. uh, they they do a good job of making sure that it, it, when when your weekly show ends, another weekly show is starting and paying their people. Yeah, good hell job. yeah. Well, well done for a, a a channel a streaming service that is uh, paying a profit share and properly paying people. Mm-hmm. Um. You did watch one other thing, didn't you? I, okay, you yeah, watched I, a man yeah. wonk his willy. I, I did. I did watch the Willy Wonka. Mm. Um, so the uh, there's a new there's a new film. It's called Wonka. It is a musical. <sighs> a fact that they kept very hidden from any marketing material. Yeah, the- <laughs> I hear people think they've worked out why that is as well. I've heard theories. I don't know how much there is to them, but uh, yeah, it, it it was hidden enough that in the screening I went to. Like, the opening seconds of the film are straight into a musical number, and someone in the back of the room just loudly went, What? This is a musical? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Tim- Timothy Chalamet is a young uh, young Willy Wonka. I think it was Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, diverse. Uh, basically, as a child, he wanted to be, like, a magician. Like, a, you know, doing magic tricks. Uh, you know, sleight of hand magic tricks magician. His mum made chocolate... And then she died of unspecified being a mother in a story disease. Plot reasons, yep. And, you know, he's, he's been a lonely person ever since. He's been like, when, how will I feel the, the love of my family now that my mother is dead? Well, I'll go make chocolate, which was her dream, but also I'll do, like, magical theatrics and that, that sort of my dream, and maybe that'll do it. And minutes into arriving in Definitely Not London... He is tricked into signing some paperwork because he's illiterate, tricked into indentured servitude, and uh, forced to be uh, essentially a slave in a laundromat. His first day does not go well. Sounds like London. TLDR, every day he sneaks out of the laundry place to go try and sell his chocolates despite the chocolate cartel trying to push him Mm. out, to try and buy himself and the rest of the, the laundromat indentured servants out of laundry slavery. I think the most interesting thing about this is that within about two hours of coming back from this film, you could not tell me any of the songs. I could, The only song I can tell you happened in it is um, the, the, the song about uh, pure imagination from, from the, the, the previous film. From the better previous one. Um, I... I remember enjoying the musical numbers when they were happening, but I can tell you nothing of what happened in any of them. Um, I the fir- the first one I vaguely remember was I've been waiting to come to this country for like seven years. Will I get to sell chocolate here? Basically, that's as much as I remember of any song. And for some reason, Hugh Grant is an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, I, I, he's an Oompa Loompa in like three scenes that serves nothing other than. Like he remember ex- these from the he, original yeah, better He film. exists in this film to be a minor inconvenience slash minor help in like two moments, but he's basically just there so they could show an umpa lumpa in the trailer because that's a thing you know from from Willy Wonka. Look, the film is sweet, it's fun, I had a good time. Mm. 
I had a good time with this film in the moment, even if I remember basically nothing that happened. But I will say this. Timothy Chalamet's Willy Wonka is a literal fucking wizard. He's like a ninth... He's he's like a level 20 fucking sorcerer from 5th edition. Only when it comes to making chocolate. Like... He, he he never uses his literal fucking magic powers he clearly has to, like, I don't know, break his way out of the, you know, being insert- a servant in the laundromat and go, you're a frog now and you're a pigeon, I'm, ah, you can't keep me. He doesn't cast Scorching Jam, right? No, yeah, like, he doesn't, like, cast, cast, um, you know... Um, trembling earth to like tear the place down so that him and everyone can escape. No, no, no. He's very, he's very stuck and trapped in this horrible situation, uh, until it's time to overnight turn a dilapidated shop into the most elaborate thing you've ever seen on zero budget with no supplies. Um, more elaborate than the inside of the chocolate factory? How'd you do that with, with, with no, no money and no supplies in a single night? Don't worry about it. Here's flying chocolates that are gonna make you fly. I'm a fucking chocolate wizard. I have, Literal lightning captured in a bottle somehow. He's a fucking wizard. Chocolate wizard. He's a fucking wizard who never uses his power to 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 escape or save anyone, only to make chocolate. And that is a choice. They do a good job of setting setting him up as a character that like cares about the fate of the poor and downtrodden, and is very 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 anti. Um, greedy corporate types and people who are only really in it for themselves and their own benefit. They set him up well for what he becomes later. It's a fun film that none of stuck in my head. <laughs> I had a good time. All I really remember was that they made um, Keegan-Michael Key, Key wear ex- increasingly large fat suits because haha, police officer fat. And that that's... That's that's the closest that film had to a running joke was, oh, we're bribing the policeman with chocolate. Oh, he's getting fat. Oh, he's getting even fat. Oh, he's getting even fatter. Yep. Yep. The the people who own the laundromat are basically just um I forget the names of the characters from Les Mis. The the pair the pair of characters that have Cosette for a while. They're played by Helena Bonham Carter and Thingy Bob in the movie version. The, the laundromat owners had that kind of vibe, the slightly skeevy double act role. It's a it's a fun time with caveats that's kind of forgettable. There you go, Wonka. I sure did see it. Well then, time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes. Ooh, we've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you want to make any movie or TV show look like it was shot during the winter festival period? I, I mean, I could see some benefits to that. Do you want things to have occasional added jingle bells? I mean, I mean, it it would make it easier for me to like convince the family to like you know start watching like One Piece or something. Exactly. I, I could just be like, ah, oh, yes, it's it's a new winter themed show. Let's put it. It's it's clearly a festive show. Let's put it on over dinner at the festive time. Exactly. So the people who brought you cool TikTok filters Ooh. now bring you the TV Snow Filter dot <gasps> Head on over there. Enter the code QNPS two eighty eight. I'm going to say, and you can get 10% off an entire season of Winter Snow Filter. You know, like the face tracking they do so they can Ooh, keep yeah. like, weird hats yeah. or, or fake beards on, on, on the TikTok filters? 
Luffy. <gasps> Got a little antlers. Little oh. festive hat now. Oh. Look at that. That's clearly a festive show now. Exactly. For the festive time. And the endlessly repeating snow that, that doesn't loop properly. It does have a bit of a... A bit, a bit of a loop back issue, yeah, but that's... every eight seconds it does look like snow is for the most part falling. Uh, that's good enough for me. Exactly. So if you want to convince your family that whatever show that you're watching is actually a festive show and therefore is suitable festive viewing, check out tvsnowfilter.lol.net. No more being forced to watch just the snowman every year. Well, I am going to watch Akira. Oh, classic festive film, that. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we, we've got an emergency. It's pretty fucking bad. Is it that we've got too much money? I'd love it no, if it was no, that. No, it's unfortunately not that we have too much money. Um, right. What happened now? So, um, hackers managed to get a hold of a huge amount of our internal data. Uh, right. We're, we're talking, uh... You know, internal emails, oh, uh, there's game footage, uh, game oh, builds, God. information on upcoming releases, oh, God. Uh, and basically every internal file we have, which, um, worst of all, I- I'm pretty sure that my list of employees that I'm torturing them until they quit to save us money might be in there. And I'm concerned, because I feel like that's going to be newsworthy. I feel like they're going to pay attention to that, think- and that's a problem. Okay, If okay. they pay any attention to that, that is a that is a legal fucking problem. Okay, well, let's just, you know, let's pull up the news sites, we'll have a look through, and we'll 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 see what they've picked up on. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, well, they've, that's the superhero game. Okay, that's and not, other, I, that's not ideal, but... The, the other superhero game. And the, the other one. Yeah, and it seems like they have managed to get those working on hardware. Okay, well, none of this right. is... No, this is good, but... And uh, they've got everyone in the HR team's credit card number for some reason. Well, that's not ideal either, but they seem a bit distracted by the game footage. Yeah. Enough that they don't seem to be paying attention to the list of people who I am literally torturing. If if anything, it seems like this has saved us a huge amount on our advertising budget. Exactly. We just play up that we didn't want this out there, and then, you know, we... Oh, we, no, we didn't want uh, that out there. Hype, hype. Hype, hype. Oh, God. Pre-order now. I Pre-order am, now oh. for a game that's not due for another ten years. God, I am so... I am so thankful the gamers don't give a shit about anything that isn't the games. I, I love that we have cultivated this for them. I, 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 uh... I wish I could tell them that they are fucking geniuses, because that's how I feel about them some days. True. Now, let's fire someone and give ourselves a bonus. You are a fucking genius. I know, (laughs) ho-ho. So, what have you put in your ears? Um, I've really not listened to a lot this week, because trying to get work done before before the holidays. Mm. I have been listening to one thing that I think you've been listening to as well. Uh, now that season 10 of Dice Funk is nearly over, yes. I've been listening back through it. Ah. Because I have been sort of resisting doing that until it's basically all done, so I can listen through and go, I hope I didn't do terribly. I I, I can just listen to it in one go and go, I did all right. I hope you I did, did all right. You did a great job. I listened to like 17 episodes in the last couple of days. So I, you know, like I listened to your entire last arc. Yeah, you did a great job. Um, I, I think I pulled everything back together and yeah. made it be like, see, all your plots interconnect. Yeah, Look at I'm that. Like two episodes into the the reconnected stuff. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, yeah, you did a great job. Don't don't worry. I I I I feel uh, listening back now. I feel better about this season than I did in the moment because it a lot of it was just uh, there. There is a lot of pressure in co-DMing the season, not not just in terms of like my own stuff feeling like it needed to be good as a player and a DM, but that I needed to not ruin anything for Austin, who was mm. also telling half the story. And there was a lot of there was a lot of nerves in that process but it's it's you learned been... the secret of taking notes i i took so many notes are you still taking them now you started recording season 11 nah <laughs> not my problem anymore <laughs> it's not my problem now i remember for the longest time you were like i found the secret code of dnd take notes no 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 here's the thing i will take notes in future <laughs> depending on character but the thing is this season it well season 11 i'm not going to say much about season 11 other than I am playing a character who has a very good built-in excuse to not fucking know shit about what's going on. <laughs> and therefore, I think it's in character for my memory condition riddled ass to not remember exactly what's happening. Because, like, last season I was playing a character that was meant to be, like, vaguely, like, competent and paying attention to things. If I know too much of what's happening in season 11, that's not going to make sense for the story. Other people <laughs> got to pick up the slack for me. Mm-hmm. I did my work, someone else think. Someone else has got to pick up the slack to meal. <laughs> but yes, uh, making making notes in D&D is the fucking... They, they, you, you, you fucking see through the Matrix the second you start making notes. It's you, you feel very powerful. It's fine, as long as you can still read your notes afterwards. <laughs> I've been on Dice Funk a few times every time I try to make notes, and I'm like, I... I don't know what I was supposed to be taking notes of. I apparently didn't necessarily take notes about the things that were super important. I yeah. thought things were important and they weren't. And now I can't read my my handwriting yeah. and I'm being quizzed on something from the beginning of the episode. It, it ah. is it is a learned skill and uh, a lot of this will have been edited out of season 10, but there were definitely moments where I was like, hold on a second, Austin, I need you to pause while I make a note about this. Uh, how's that name spell? Okay, cool. Uh, cool. I'm done writing. You can get back to that, Austin. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting your flow, but I had notes to do. <laughs> yeah, I like, I'm really enjoying it. It's It's been a good fun season. Um, obviously, it's been like way more sprawly and spectacular <laughs> by virtue of having two DMs and two yeah. whole parties. Uh, we've said goodbye to some characters. We've yep. had some big mysteries un- unraveled. I'm obviously not going to spoil that for everyone. Uh, it was nice to have um, a, a new cast because yeah. I, I've said this before. Like I really struggled with the, the last couple of seasons um, the, the last for cu- various reasons. The last couple of seasons have been difficult in a couple of ways. And I don't think it's a secret to say, like, season nine had multiple players who were playing characters who they had decided to make uh, antagonistic to the rest of the party, which is always a tough balancing act in terms of letting the non-antagonistic party members actually work towards the goals that they want to work toward in the season if they have to spend all their time keeping the party held together can be tricky. I love that I've run maybe six separate campaigns uh, with with various groups, and my first rule pre-session one is always I don't care what your backstories are, but you have to be people who would work together and would stay together, oh. because otherwise I am not DMing this for you. Yes. Um, and like peek behind the curtain on season 10 where, uh, being co-DM for season 10, and Dan comes up to me and goes 
cool, I want to play a character who has zero emotional investment in any of the missions you're trying to send them on. Uh, that was a terrifying thing to hear, <laughs> but I stopped and sat with it for a bit and I was like, are you cool with me puppeting the things you care about around you in order to get you into missions? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, you can, you can like, you can manipulate my character into caring. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll... I'm only doing three little mini arcs. I only have to find three reasons for you to care. Yeah. I, also, I think m- messing with people's backstories in, in longer campaigns can be a bit, bit, bit of a clencher because there's yeah. nothing worse than like you go, oh, I've tried to weed, weave something in from your backstory, but obviously without spoiling it for you, but based on the thread you took and then sort of playing somebody else's character, them going, oh, I really don't like how you, um, portrayed X character that I put in my backstory. It's like, uh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I the, the big one for me in season 10 with, like, making decisions about a character's backstory without consulting them first was Skitch. Um, uh, yes. Playing, playing Maxina. I am very thankful that Skitch allowed me a good degree of freedom to autonomously make choices. Yes. I would occasionally go and say, I want to do something with this character. Maybe I'm going to introduce this character in some way soon. Is there anything about them that you want to set in stone or that you like? You definitely want or definitely don't want to be the case? Hmm. And do you want me to run choices I make by you before I make them canon? Or are you happy to trust me to like decide what the deal is with this fucking cube you've got or hmm. what the deal with your mum is or what the deal uh, with with this stuff is? And Skitch was pretty good about, like, I trust you to make a judgment call and I'll roll roll with it. Mm. And I was like, cool, you've given me, like, a billion plot threads, I'll find I mean, some of like them Skitch. to work. Like, yes. from what I hear, Skitch's, like, pre-season notes are always pretty extensive. Yes. Um, before the season even started, I had um, a full list of 13 different formith forms that could possibly be <laughs> decrypted through the season, and... Uh, they were in a certain order, and I said, I'm not going to decrypt them in that order, because I like that name, because it's a funny joke about Evangel- Evangelion. <laughs> so I'm decrypting that one first. Uh, sorry, Skitch. That's how we're doing it. Yeah. But I, I'm glad I had players that were like, hello, here are my here are my concerns. Can can you work with me here? Can you, like, Dan, can you, can you reassure me that if I make a little effort to get your character invested... You'll you'll latch onto that. You won't go. Nope, that's not a good enough reason for me to be invested. And it was also fun to see like things that you put down in like away missions. Austin sort of integrate those into like yeah. the, the wider mission. Also, like weird from a recording standpoint because listening to it as a podcast, I'm going okay. Well, there's like. S- four or five episodes in this group and four or five episodes with this group but you weren't recording it that way you were going no. an episode here an episode yeah, there an episode it, here an episode it was there. away one away, uh, uh, home one away one home two away two and sometimes I would get to hear some of what home was doing before I recorded my away missions because we'd sometimes have the drunk cut which is the very loosely thrown together like yeah, sort of an edit Look, the can... layers are put together and they're timed correctly but yeah you can sort of follow along this way yeah, listening back to season 10, it is honestly surprising how many moments there are where Austin's home arc and the away arc that I'm recording at the exact same time are weirdly synergistic in what they're uh, tackling. Yeah. Without doing big spoilers, the second arc for both home and away is an arc about people 
transforming against their will in some way, and people being trapped in a space with uh, people who might transform you into one of them. And, like, we didn't consult about that in advance, but we just kind of... We kept doing very similar... uh, Parallel thinking. Yeah, parallel narratives that I think really did a good job of cohesive like giving some cohesion to the series yes in a way that like was pure fluke (laughs) yeah it manages to do that sort of mirror universe thing of hey we're telling the same story but the way different people react things the way your antagonist or protagonists or various characters are interacting with the thing that that is the same massively changes how that story yeah. goes. Like, using that example of, like, the transformation ones, uh, again, without spoiling too much, tone was different as well, so mm-hmm. you'd have, like, hey, here's a bunch of people being silly and pretending to be clowns to not get caught, versus let's do alien isolation. Let's <laughs> do fucking alien isolation, you're trapped on a space station. Yep. Uh, and, and some of the other stuff you did with that particular art was fascinating, of, like... <sighs> And and sort of things I've had weird ideas about for for um, campaigns that I've sort of got in my head as well. That's been sort yeah. of fascinating. Of like, ah, oh, I I want to do something with that. I'm, again, trying not to do spoilers or even yeah. spoil you for spoil you for um, campaign ideas I've had myself. Like just just like ah, oh, you could do a thing. You could perform an action, but it will be both good and bad, no matter what you do. Yeah. But you have to make actions, otherwise... Yep. <laughs> if if you do not act, the world will start moving. Yeah, I think that's one fun thing about D&D as well, that you can just sort of go, look, I, I've ri- written this wider campaign, stuff is happening whether you interact with it or not. Yeah. Um, and that's always fun to do with uh, with anything above a one-shot. You don't always yeah. get a, a chance to do that kind of stuff, and it's, it's fun to, to reach into that. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, you you did a great job, and I'm what, like nine episodes away from the end of, of yeah. current season of Dice Man. At, at the time of recording, there is one episode left to release of season ten, and I am really happy with how the season turned out. It has been interesting. There is at least one scene that was on, that ended up on the cutting room floor for reasons that I will maybe talk about at some point that fascinates me. But uh, season ten, it's. I'm I'm pretty happy with it now it's done. Yay. Yeah. I think that's everything I've listened to. What about you? I have been listening to The Antiquarium of Sinister Happenings. Uh, have you now? Yes. Uh, so this, basically I'm going to say, I don't know the sources for all of it, but it feels like it's following that same vibe as the SCP archives. Okay. Where they have found... Um, like fanfic or creepypasta, yeah, and are doing like dramatic versions of it. And I didn't realize at first because obviously I do not know every random bit of, of creepypasta on the yeah. internet. But one of the stories in the second episode is uh, the elevator game. Okay, you know, yeah. the, you go into the elevator and you press one floor number. Don't don't get off. Yeah, press the yeah. next floor number. Press this, that, and the other. Eventually, if you get to this person and the woman gets on, don't talk to her. Yeah, and it, you'll end up in the other world. It's like I know that I know this story. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is. I don't know where it's dredged up from. And my goodness, I hope they're act- properly crediting the original yeah. authors and stuff. And I, I know with SCP archives, it's a bit different because the SCP Foundation is like. Entirely Creative Commons yeah. CC0, I think. But 
this certainly does have good act uh, good actors for um for the cast the sound design is visceral and uh-huh. um and and uh there's some great music in there and the stories so far have been pretty interesting this we unsurprisingly i guess turned up as a like a this channel presents on uh, on my podcast feed for SCP uh, archives because okay. it's another bloody disgusting podcast. Mm-hmm. And first episode is called "I Was the Hitchhiker." Okay, it's about a guy who gets picked up after a drunken event with a bunch of the lads. He's very in his own head initially when he gets in the car. He's like, "Oh, this this young woman's picked me up and." Oh, is she, is she, this seems like a bad decision. Like, why would she pick me up? Like, what if I'm dangerous? I, you don't, you don't know me. Very much worrying about the fact that, like, could I be trusted? I look shady as fuck right now. But also I've, I've lost all my shit and she's sort of vaguely asking him questions about how he ended up in the situation he's in, why he doesn't have any of his stuff and what happened. And he's basically talking about what a shitty person he is and his friends being all equally shitty people and the fact that they kind of left him in this whole situation. Hmm. But he's also seemingly remembering more of the evening and maybe things went bad, bad in a in a weird way. Also, maybe suddenly there is a, an eyeball on the glove box. Was there always an eyeball on the glove box? Why is she staring at me and not the road? Why is the road so long and seems to be going on for for forever? And are we in the cosmos now? I thought we were. What <laughs> what happens? And then just like sound effects of like bones breaking and blood splattering. And as he's sort of between telling her the story of his night, trying to remember his night, and also being horrified of the fact that maybe her smile is coming off her face. Hmm. And just hoping that he can get out of this and, and worrying that he doesn't deserve to get out of this because he's a shitty person. It's a fascinating first episode. Yeah. And it is all sort of wrapped in, in this antique shop, pawn shop type situation of, oh yes, I've found this strange artifact. Uh, I can't remember which episode it is. There's one called the four hour, four hour videotape, hmm. which is about a guy who works for some government department who He's working late one night, goes to print something, realises accidentally printed it on the wrong printer in a different office. Mm. So has had to go running around the building to go grab the thing because it's confidential and therefore could be a risk. Gets dragged into uh, like a seminar where they're watching this video. And and because of the the way they handle him, like, get in here, you were supposed to be in here and uh, have a muffin go sit down, we're going to watch the video and shut up. I was like, uh, didn't really have time to say no, got a bit sort of whisked away into the whole thing. Watches this video that is like the shocking truth and why so many, um, like senators and presidents in their first week in office, like they go from being like, oh yeah, first week in office, I'm going to go and get things changed and done and almost immediately come out looking like haggard and fucked and like, (laughs) worn out like they've been told the secrets of of the world and and it turns out they have and ew <laughs> um that's a fascinating story and i am listening to more of that there's like 24 episodes i think i've listened to about four or five so far yeah if nothing else it, it, it is 
fascinating and gross audio design. Well done, whoever is in charge of that. Uh, yeah, have you listened to anything else? No, that's 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 uh, about it for me. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Well, the year is over, and I think it's uh, time we did a, a bit of a review oh, of yes. uh, all all the box offices for this year. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, how much money we made this year? Okay. Was the first movie this year? Um, the the first movie this year was uh, the Science Acadia, and that was an opening weekend of thirty million. Oh, wonderful! Uh, huge success, cracking success, huge success, uh, huge right. success. Sequels, sequels in the works. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. What, what, what was the next one? That would be uh, uh, the Littlest Guy, Smaller Palooza, that had a forty-one million opening weekend. Oh, huge success. Oh, massive, massive, massive success. success. Throbbing huge success. Huge, oh. throbbing, bulging success. Oh, that's a success I like. Okay, well, 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 well tell, me, tell me more. Give me, give me more of the good money, money. Well, there was uh, Dicky Donkler, Chocolate Wizard, that opened to 39 million. Oh, wonderful. Cracking. Wonderful, delightful. Another sequel for that. Another sequel for that, indeed. Well, what else? We had the Spiffies, that was um, very popular. We had 47 million opening weekend on that. Uh, um, spiffies. Was that the uh, oh? Was that the one with the with the girls playing superheroes? Uh, oh, playing that in, one. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the girls pretending they could have superpowers. Uh, um, shame. Yes, uh, forties of a million abject failure. Abject failure. Abject failure. Just, just the worst. Failed to meet expectations. Well, uh, uh, we won't be refreshing any of that. Oh, in fact, yes. fire everyone and oh, indeed, out of indeed. a cannon, maybe. Okay, what else have we got? Well, we had The Adventures of Memphis Smith, Nazi Puncher, that opened to 37 million. Roaring success! Roaring success! Oh, yes, yes, that Memphis is uh, such a tough guy. Classic, classic action. Man's man. Man, man's man. man. Yeah, okay. um, And uh, what did we wrap up with? Well, the last one of the year was Pauline Pocket, which opened at. Fifty-nine million weekend failure. Well, 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 awful, failure. awful, terrible awful failure. rubbish. Very, awful, very big failure. Terrible, awful failure. Awful rubbish. It did end up making over a, a billion in the end. Well, well, fine, well, fine, but, but, but uh, probably that um, well, the nice blonde lad uh, who was in it probably made probably a total fluke. Total yeah, fluke. Yeah. Nothing well, we can learn from that. Certainly story. won't be putting any more money towards that. Girl films, no, 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 waste of time. Oh, God, I'm so, so ready to not be working. Agreed, same, but, you know, we've we've managed to get all the work done, we're all yeah. closed up and, and ready to well, go, and we are the last two to... I'm, well, I mean, I've, I've got one last task I need to get done before we, we, we wrap up. <sighs> Is it that time? It's, I think it's time to set up the, uh, the out-of-office bot. Ugh. Okay, right. Uh, okay, I think I remember how to do this. Um, mm-hmm. So we got to we got to set the the level of um, angry response depending yep. on how much they're trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get us to work during the festive period. Yep. So like, one text message gets you kind of a. Uh, I, I'm I'm currently I'm currently busy with with uh, the holidays. If you could respond to me in the new year, that uh, that would be ideal. Let's see escalation. If they start trying to phone call, 
the robot is programmed currently to uh, make violent threats outside their home. Okay. Uh, I see it's set to spinning blades and flamethrower if they attempt to call. That seems a bit extreme, don't you think? Turn it up to Sniper Wolf. Okay, okay, okay. And if they do not cease to persist at that point, uh, what, 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 is, what is the final level on here? What, is the, what does it escalate to? Releasing nanobot termites into their house that literally eats their home around them. Seems about right. Seems fair. Seems reasonable well, for that... trying to get you to work during your mandated leave. Because it's yeah. not like we ha- could work during this period. They have made us keep four days of our annual leave s- available to take out this time. Indeed. If you're going to try and make me work, you know, first of all, polite refusal. Second of all, spinning blade and flamethrower. If for some reason you have not back down. I think you deserve everything you get at that point. Nanotermites. Cool. Uh, popping it on, and I'm just gonna step back carefully so it doesn't think I'm trying to make it work. Did you remember to put your out-of-office email on as well? Oh, fuck. Ah! Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Right, Larry. Alright, Mary. How are you doing? Oh, mate, I've been, uh, you know, trying to rush several weeks worth of working over the last few weeks. And also, you know, trying to get ahead of some things so that I can, you know, take some time off. Because, you know, heaven forbid there not be, you know, all of the things done at all of my various jobs. Uh, Otherwise, people will, you know, become enraged in many and various ways. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. I've been uh, been doing the same, I've been doing the same. I've been getting on top of end of the year work and starting next year work and trying to carve out just a little bit of not working time by doing extra work now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was... Going to double need that rest by the time you get round to it. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's why I'm trying to make sure that if I'm going to have it, I might as well, you know, try and and carve out enough that I can recover from the the getting ready for rest so I can actually get a rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been thinking about this the way you do because, like... Humans, we're not we're not meant to be constantly productive like that. That is not the the natural state of the human human creature. No, you know and there should be a decent amount of you know lying in a cave eating grapes. Indeed, indeed, and there is considerably not enough of that in my life. I need no. to be I need to lie around in a cave eating grapes more often. Yeah, that is yeah. not a thing I've had time for in a while. Agreed. You know, I would say it's been at least. A while, <laughs> a while, uh, a while. Since I, I last had some <laughs> cavey grape time. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, it's important. To, you know, if you can try and make that time for rest, even if oh, you yeah, know, even yeah. if you don't do it often. Like I know, I, uh, you know, I'm not good at doing it unless either I'm ill and my body enforces me to do it, or you know, end of the end of the year, I call yeah, some time yeah, now, yeah. and you know, I could probably, you know, you'd probably be good have had a bit more rest in the year. But yeah. even if it's not very often, it's important to carve out a bit of time to just. Let your body kind of flomp out a bit and, yeah, and give know, up for a sec. And it, it's 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 a breaking routine, right? Yeah, but it's it's obviously hard to have that breaking routine and still manage to relax in it because obviously yeah. it's not it's not my my normal way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I don't necessarily relax in the same way that neurotypical people might do. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of them might be, well, I'll just do literally nothing. It's like, oh, my brain would explode. Oh, exactly. But, like, that's the thing as well. It's like, I, I know for me, I need a bit, like, I need, like, a proper chunk of time to get into that proper relax. Because, oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I spend half of it, like, you know, winding down from the routine and building back up to the routine. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, you know... Yeah. It's it's not. You need a chunk of time off, you know. It's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's not the same to, to be like, oh yeah, I'll take a day off here, here or there throughout the year, you know. Yeah, because then take... I'm just going to be like, yeah, but I could do more of the routine in this one day. It's got to yeah. be long enough that my brain goes, oh, we're actually stopping for a minute, are we? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's got to be like, well, you know, I have still got to, you know, do some some work for this, and, and I want a bit of work for that. I've got to edit that, and I'm going to, you know. Do, do the housework on on top of all yeah, that, you know. It, it it is it is important to to make that space to go. I'm just gonna take all the obligations and yeah. just put them aside, and then let my brain just leisure. Uh, yeah, have some actual resting state to recover in. Yeah, know? yeah, Ugh. yeah. Got to get through that initial period of uh, brain panic. Because brain is like, no, we, we, you should be doing something. Do something. It's like, no, we, yeah. we're allowed a little rest now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ah, fancy hug, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Good hug, mate. Good Good hug. Right, well, you know, you have a, a good unicorn dance party, and oh. uh, yeah, I guess I'll see you in the new year, mate. Uh, you, you too. You, you have too. a great one. Yeah, yeah, Love yeah, to the yeah. family. Yeah, you too, you too. So, Laura. Yes? We're about to take some time off. We are. And, um, but in the meantime, yeah. where can people find the things that you do if maybe they want to do a recap of 2023 Laura K. Buzz? I mean, you can find all the stuff I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills, Blue Sky, Mastodon, all the things. Uh, there will be both a 2023 accessibility recap video yeah, and... And a uh, 2023 Game of the Year video, both up on youtube.com slash Laura K Buzz by the end of this week. By the time that this goes out to the general public, uh, they'll be up. That's like an hour-ish of content right there in just two videos to go check out. Oh, heck. Beyond that, just Laura K Buzz everywhere. I'll be back in the new year with a uh, look forward at video game accessibility things that need to become standardised in 2024. That'll probably be the... First big video back in the new year to look forward to. What about you? Where are you on the internet? Uh, me? Well, I don't have the unified branding, but I do have a link tree. It's linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the music I make under the name Bedroom Programmer. There was new music last week, I think. You can go check that out. Uh, you can find the t-shirts I design, the things I write. You can find uh, you can find patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify all of those things, or maybe just give me a nice uniform un- uniform unicorn dance party <laughs> gift, uh, which would be very much appreciated. But yeah, uh, if not, maybe tell other people about all the things that we've created, and, and send them over here to enjoy uh, this series, which wonderfully you can tune in at any point, and very few of the jokes follow on for very long. Ah, uh, yeah, that's all the things. So, Laura, yes? will you say goodbye to the people for the last time for this unicorn dance party period? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>